You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah from Fifth Quarter and Dan from ACC Content. Dan, this weekend of ACC games, we talked about it on the preview pod, was not going to be that great. We're not going to waste our listeners' time too much spending a long period of time reviewing these games. But, man, there was one good game. It was the nightcap like we talked about. We actually lost one of our games from our preview. Obviously, that Clemson-Florida State debacle, which I genuinely don't have a side in the argument. I don't know if you have an opinion here, but I don't think Florida State was avoiding Clemson. I really don't. I think a team like Florida State wanted to finish the season. And if Clemson has an outbreak of a bunch of guys test positive this coming week, Florida State's going to look like the smartest people in the world. Now, if Clemson doesn't have that, then the ducking argument's probably going to come up more. But I have no issue with what Florida State did. Clemson should not have had a player travel with some symptoms. Um, and then obviously came back positive. So that just eliminates a lot of things. So I don't blame Florida State there just because they were on the cusp of barely being able to play anyways with how many scholarship guys they had unavailable due to COVID-related issues and or injuries and opt-outs. But with that being said, we'll just dive right into this slate. Louisville blew out Syracuse 30 to nothing. Um, Michael Cunningham had a pretty pretty good day and not one of his best days. Syracuse is definitely done. Um, Louisville is Louisville. They're not very good. They're not bad. That game against Boston College could be fun next week. I think it could be close, but you can definitely tell that Louisville is, you know, just a very average to below average team in Syracuse. Well, they are not very good. That That's probably the best way of putting it. It was nice to see Tutu Atwell back in the lineup for the cards, but any thoughts on this, Dan? This game was basically over once the <laughs> after the second second touchdown there late in the second quarter. I mean, I kept it on as background noise, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't even really focus on the second half of this one at all. No, I kind of turned on – or I, I kept it on, but I kind of was focused more on my laptop, which had a couple of the other games on at the time. But, yeah, uh, Syracuse – I didn't expect them to give up 30-plus points, but I did also expect them to at least score a couple of times. Man, their offense is just terrible. Um, the first team in the ACC to be shut out this year, they have been held to single digits twice. Um, they have the fewest points in the ACC, and they've played two fewer games than a lot of teams. So just their offense has been awful this year. I mean – Jacoby on Morgan, I don't even think he played awful, but he definitely didn't play well, and whatever was around him was not helpful. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's weird because Louisville, now 3-6, and six, has a positive point differential, and NC State, who is now 6-3, and three, has a negative point differential. That's just the way it's been in the ACC. I don't want to say this year, but basically every year, it's just super strange things happen in this conference. And um, I mean, I did not think that Louisville's defense would pitch a shutout, shutout this year, but here we are. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those things where, like we said, Louisville's the better team here. Syracuse is, well, they're Syracuse. They're going to fall. I mean, maybe no spoiler i guess but they're definitely going to fall to my bottom of the acc power rankings at the end of this week but any other thoughts dan or shall we move on to the new brand new rivalry that is the virginia cavaliers and the abilene christian wildcats 
Okay, so the final two minutes of this game, if you were a better, was probably the most exciting two minutes of a five-touchdown FBS versus FCS game you're ever going to see. I mean, wild things were happening. It was a 39-point spread, a last play, pick six, um, ended up with Virginia winning by 40 and covering. There was a double pass where Virginia could have basically run the clock out with the first down, but instead they, from the five-yard line, decided to do a double pass to their quarterback, Lindell Stone, which turned out their offensive coordinator, Robert Anai, misread his um, play card, but you would think someone in the huddle would be like, wait, really? Are we actually running that play? But nope, they proceeded to do it. So just wild things in the last two minutes, but I mean, overall, basically what we expected. Virginia started out slow, but they were fine. I mean, Brendan Armstrong, nice stat padding day, over 400 total yards, um, four touchdowns, and 17 yards per passing attempt. So, basically, I mean, nothing bad, no bad takeaways from Virginia. You're not going to be ecstatic. Just a nice, I mean, the largest win in the Bronco Mendenhall era over an FCS team. See, I think there are some negatives to take away from Virginia, not on performance, but we're talking about the loss of Charles Snowden for looks like obviously the rest of the season. Um, I believe who else did they lose? Was it who else? Who else went down in the secondary? They lost, yeah, they lost um, Adrian D'Angelo Amos. D'Angelo yeah, Amos. That's that's correct. That's right. So, you know, Virginia was getting kind of banged up in this one. Uh, a lot of guys seem to be aching and stuff like that. Obviously, the second half, they kind of slowed it down a little bit and kind of obviously pulled starters and stuff like that. But, yeah, this was uh, – my only takeaway was that this actually kind of like – this seemed a little heated. I mean, on, on both touchdown celebrations for Abilene Christian, they were – I have no issue with kids having fun, but they were definitely what you would, what people would call unsportsmanlike. Again, I have no issue with it. Who cares? They knew they were coming in to get their butts kicked, and they just lost to a D2 team three weeks ago. But – um, I was surprised who uh, Abilene Christian rolled out a starter. Obviously, in the preview pod, I did not talk about who their initial starter was. So that was something that kind of surprised me there. I did not see Earl being the starting quarterback for the Wildcats, Stone Earl. But other than that, I mean, yeah, Virginia did what they needed to do. I, I enjoyed seeing Virginia be able to throw the football over the top. I mean, that 90-yard touchdown pass to make it 14 uh, nothing to Lavelle Davis at the end on the last play of the first quarter was definitely fun to see. I also really enjoyed, again, it's Abilene Christian, but seeing Virginia after what should have been a pick six, that was an awful uh, penalty call on Amos there on what was what they called pass interference because the receiver was off balance and Amos had to go over the top of him and then jump the route to intercept the ball. That was, I've never seen a pass interference called on a, on a DB who actually intercepted the pass and then also returned that for a touchdown. Normally, doesn't ever happen. So that was just a bad one by the refs there. Maybe a little bit a sympathy call for uh, Abilene Christian, but I'll give Virginia credit because when Abilene Christian scored there, Dan, I had a little bit of doubt not that Virginia wasn't going to win the game, but it was like, will Virginia just let them hang around kind of thing. But no, they go down the field and score in 30 some seconds. They go for it on fourth and one or not fourth and one, but it was, you know, on the one yard line with no time left. So it was either score or bust. Uh, I like that call. I mean, obviously you could have settled for a field goal there and, you know, still could have gotten the job done, but 
credit to Virginia there, but yeah, not, not much more to take away from that. Their game against Florida state should be interesting this coming week, but let's talk about the other Commonwealth team and probably the most important talking point in the ACC this week. When I called the upset, Dan, I'm glad I called it, but I don't, I actually don't feel right about it because I mean, I did not see 47 to 14 in favor of the Pitt Panthers happening on Saturday, Virginia tech, I mean, we were, I, I, I hate to say it. I'll be the first one to admit it. Any Pitt fans, you're welcome to attack me. I said Pitt had quit less than two, three weeks ago. Has Virginia Tech quit, Dan? Or is Virginia Tech just not good? I'm a little concerned. I think talent-wise, they have some of the best talent in the conference. But how do you lose 47 to 14 to Pitt? I don't, I don't care that Kenny Pickett's back. They're not 20-some points, 30-some points better than you. No, I think – Definitely Virginia Tech is talented. They probably, I mean, with all the toxicity among the fan base and the negative talk around the program, I think that's been getting into their heads. And Fuente has just lost control of the team, to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah, 47 to 14, that is, I mean, I I thought it was going to be a toss-up. I thought, you know, both of these programs are kind of done and – at least for the season, both of these fan bases want their coaches fired. And, you know, I think their doozy's job might've gotten saved by this, which is probably the dissatisfaction of pit fans. But if I'm being honest, I don't even know how I feel about it because in terms of firing your coaches during a pandemic, it's very difficult more for the Virginia tech side. I'm talking about in terms of buyout, but I mean, yeah, finally, A.J. Davis actually ran the ball pretty well. Um, 12 rushes for 80 yards. So that was that was pretty good to see. But um, another one of those games where Hendon Hooker doesn't play terrible and they just lose. They get blown out this time. Um, Kenny Pickett threw the ball 52 times. I was super glad to see that. I mean, Pitt just possessed the ball a bunch, but I'm glad to see them just throw, 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 throw because – that's how their offense thrives. And what do they get rewarded with? 47 points. So they were missing some of their receivers. Doesn't matter. DJ Turner goes off 184 yards, 15 catches. So, um, I mean, Pitt, I, I think at this point, if they had, if they had Kenny Pickett for the entire season and they did not have Joey Yellen for that stretch of three games, then they would probably finish close to where their expectations were. Yeah, I think Pitt would have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know if they beat Miami or Notre Dame, um, but I think even Boston College, they probably would have won that one. And so, yeah, this is, I mean, again, Pitt, Pitt is two points away. Sorry, I guess you I guess you could say four points if you, if you have to win by one, but four points away uh, from being seven and two. So, yeah, this has been a tough one for uh, the Pitt Panthers, but credit to them. They won when they needed to. So, yeah, that's um, – I guess my only little quick talking point is, I mean, I, and I like how you said it, Dan. I don't think you should fire a coach this season. I don't care how dissatisfied you are with the performances. I thought South Carolina was dumb for getting rid of Muschamp, and he was honestly deserved to get out of South Carolina because they were terrible. I mean, if you remember the Belk Bowl, Dan, that team was – dead in the water <laughs> and talent wise they were better than virginia i'm sorry virginia fans but they were and y'all blew them out it was bad so 
this is just one of those things where I, I don't want to see I, – I want Virginia Tech's program to take the step in the right direction. I do think that Fuente is – or sorry, I don't think that Fuente is the right person for the job. I do think he needs to be let go. I just don't know if $10 million – I've seen 12.5 somewhere on Twitter. I thought it was a million. I'm getting kind of ripped on Twitter right now for thinking that you know they shouldn't let him go unless they lose to Virginia. But I – Having worked in college athletics, I don't understand the point of letting a coach go when your team is not the worst. Like if Virginia Tech was two and seven right now, okay, you're four and five. You're a bad beat, literally a bad beat away from being five and four with the Liberty game. I get it. You know, this is not Virginia Tech football. But let's also remember the last few years of the, of the Frank Beamer era. Let's not act like Virginia Tech was world beaters then either. Hokies fans, calm down. I think Fuente does need to go. But is he really worth the $10 million buyout? You're looking at the projected numbers that came out a week ago was $60 million in losses for Virginia Tech. You're telling me that the $10 million that donors can raise should go to firing Justin Fuente. Oh, and then you've got to go find a coach. I'm sorry, Hokies fans. I don't think Shane Beamer is your guy. <laughs> There's a reason why they passed on him to begin with originally. They probably saw he wasn't head coach material. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm willing to be, accept if I am wrong. But who's your home run hire? There isn't one out there. You're not getting Matt Campbell to leave Iowa State. You're not going to get Willie Fritz to leave Tulane. You're not going to get Luke Fickle to leave Cincinnati. Some of the best names out there in the coaching world that are like on the SEC tiers. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech fans. You're probably not going to get them. You're not getting Hugh Freeze as much as I would love to see that. There's no way you're getting Hugh Freeze. So, I mean, do you really want Todd Grantham? Really? Remember what he did at Arizona State? Y'all remember that? Y'all really want that? I don't know. I, I think that Virginia Tech is better waiting another year and, and seeing what can be out there. Let the revenue kind of hopefully slowly but surely build in. I don't know enough Virginia Tech donors to act like I know that the donation numbers are going to drastically drop, but just in general from my sporting time, I've never heard of, uh, of a university losing millions on millions of dollars in donations because they kept a coach one more year. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But again, I don't think that Fuente needs to be fired based off this performance right now. Now, if they get blown out by Virginia, yeah, let them go. You lose two years in a row to Virginia. That's something that is unacceptable at Virginia Tech and actually is a reasonable unexception because, I mean, they dominated that series for so long. But that's the end of my rant, Dan. Any thoughts on this Fuente getting fired thing? No, I, I think you um, put everything perfectly. There's nothing I really have to add. Um, I was on the fence. You kind of – that speech right there kind of swayed me. Like, you bring up really good points right there um, where, yes, he deserves – to be gone but in terms of the logistics it just doesn't make sense so yeah we can move on though nc state liberty i mean defensive showdown i expect it to be more of a shootout but um i mean malik willis was contained i thought that with devin leary that nc state would have dominated this game because i'm not gonna lie like i really think bailey hockman held them back they dominated in the trenches and Bailey Hockman had probably the worst game of his season, but they won. So some positive takeaways. I'm not sure um, 
when Leary is coming back. But the positive takeaway, I think, besides the fact that you won against a top 25 team for NC State, is that their defense played really well on all levels. Yeah. Um, just to continue, because I'm, I'm still coming off of the Justin Fuente thing. Just remember, Hokies fans, when you got upset with us for saying that Justin Fuente was, you know, not that great of a coach. And I actually had Dave Doran ranked a little bit higher and everyone got a little salty about that. Look at where we're at right now. Just saying it's a humble brag, but no, shout out to this NC state team. Uh, I don't really like to say go Wolfpack knowing my wake, you know, my wake bias here, but honestly, I was very happy to see them come out with that victory. I think that they honestly played, they played the type of game. Honestly, the game was not, you said it was very sloppy. Bailey Hockman did not look good. I mean, interception in the I don't know if they were in the red zone just yet if they were just on the on the cusp where he threw the pick basically in the end zone he's wide open too <laughs> yeah exactly wide open that was a really bad beat because of course that led to a liberty drive credit for liberty I will give them credit whenever they get a turnover like that Malik Willis and that offense does find a way to make teams pay so credit to them on that front but I was very pleased to see NC State just battle, battle, battle. This NC State team is a very good football team. I'm glad to see that they're not in the depths like they were last season. That they're actually playing to the level that they can. Um, yeah, it, I'm so glad we don't have to put Liberty out there as our uh, our team of you know welcome to the ACC kind of thing. But I, I do like Dan. I don't know. I can't remember if we actually both picked NC. I think I picked Liberty to cover though which I think I did just mainly because I wasn't really sure. So if I did, I'm really proud of myself because, you know, I would have won both, you know, the spread and the outright. But, yeah, that was a uh, – that was honestly, as much as I hate to say it, it was the best game of the ACC slate. And that's probably the worst part of it. It was not that great of a game. It was a snooze fest. I mean, I was so bored watching that game. I, I could I could have walked – went for a walk around town and come back an hour later and have not missed anything of importance. I mean, Chris Dunn missed a field goal. I mean, NC State did feel very sloppy when it came to their offense in general all around. I mean, Zonovan Knight did a great job. That touchdown run to kick off the game there, or not kick off the game, kick off the scoring during the game was incredible. But this is a NC State team that's finding ways to win in shootouts and finding ways to win in a snooze fest. So that's where my, that's where my I guess, my takeaway is with NC State is, they can win football games in multiple ways and multiple facets. And that definitely gets me excited for the future of Wolfpack football. Yeah, I agree. Um, because remember, I think both of us had them very much towards the bottom of our preseason power rankings. And I mean, Dorian does what he usually does when everybody counts him out, he surprises. So I think he's a very good coach. Um, I think NC state fans are really coming around with him. Obviously I said that, NC State has a negative point differential this year, but I don't think they're fraudulent. I think they're just a good football team that knows how to win close games. And I mean, part of the reason is because that it's so low is because when they were blown out, they were just completely out of the game, but they do. I mean, and also the fact that they only beat Duke 31 to 20, but yeah, I, I, I do like this NC State team. They're, put them in the category with Boston college as one of those teams that a solid middle of the pack team that helps the reputation of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with everything you just said there, Danny. This was 
this NC State team. There's a lot to look forward to. Obviously, there's a couple games left on the slate. Um, I really wish that NC State could play Virginia Tech again, just because I, I am curious how this would play out. I, I, I still think Virginia Tech is the better team talent-wise, but with how the things are trending, <laughs> I would be intrigued to see if that game plays out the way it did, because, I mean, that game was a, was a shocker for all of us with all of Virginia Tech's COVID issues. We all kind of thought NC State was going to win that football game, and, you know, next thing we know, Virginia Tech rolls them, but yeah, that kind of wraps up that ACC slate. It was kind of a dull week. The AC finally came out with the schedule times for this weekend, um, which is nice. It took them long enough, but I guess it made sense considering they literally flipped the Louisville-Boston College game back and then brought it back to the this coming weekend. So there's been a lot of changes on the ACC scheduling front. Um, who is excited for Virginia and Florida State in prime time on Saturday? Eight o'clock on the ACC network. I'm so excited. That's going to be the best game of the ACC slate. Hope people can hear my sarcasm there. But it's going to be another, not as bad as this weekend, but it's not going to be the greatest weekend. The, the best game of the weekend kicks off on Friday with uh, Notre Dame and North Carolina. That's going to be a big one. Can't wait to preview that later in the week. But let's do our uh, team of the week, player of the weeks, and power rankings real quick, Dan, because I know you and I want to talk some basketball a little bit later here for a second, separate pod. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I'll go through um, all my accolades and all at once. Um, offensive MVP, DJ Turner. Um, I wanted – some people might have wanted to give this to Kenny Pickett, but he he did have 400 yards, but he also threw the ball 50-something times. So almost a compiling day. But DJ Turner, 15 catches. Um, let me get his exact stat line right there. He got – 184 yards and a touchdown, including a 64-yarder. So, um, great day for him. Defensive MVP Daniel Joseph for NC State. He balled out on that defensive line, really set the stage, got a couple of sacks and um, some run-stopping plays as well. And team of the week is going to obviously be Pitt after a 47-14 to victory over uh, Virginia Tech. I definitely – was considering NC State, but I don't think it says um, a lot for the conference to have a one-point win over Liberty as, you know, our glory team of the week. So what were you thinking for your ACC accolades for this week? Well, my team of the week's pit, so I might as well just spoil it. My offensive player of the week, you mentioned him earlier, Kenny Pickett, 35 of 52 for 404 yards and two touchdowns in the year, as well as a rushing touchdown, so – and his performance was big in this one. He really did lead that offense down the field and kind of made that Virginia Tech secondary look pretty silly. So credit to Kenny Pickett there. And then on defense, it's going to be DeMar Hamlin. Um, he's had to step up big time for this pit team with all the opt-outs and injuries they've had throughout the year. He had 11 tackles, five solo. He didn't have any interceptions or anything like that, but he was also just a nightmare for um, – the, the quarterback combo that was Quincy Patterson and Hennon Hooker. They kind of knew he was always lurking. So uh, that would be my defensive player of the week. I did think about maybe going over to Virginia, but, you know, we'll, we'll stick with, with Pitt here because they were, you know, it was the most impressive ACC team of the week for sure. Um, you know, maybe you can say the argument Virginia Tech's just not good, but I'm not making that argument. I do think that team is way too talented to get blown out like this. You have to give the other team the credit in this situation. So I'm going to go with Pitt there, team of the week. Mar Hamlin, how about the turnaround to the season he's had the first half versus the second half? I like that pick a lot. 
So um, I'll go through all my power rankings real quick because there's not a lot of changes. Um, in fact, one through seven stayed exactly the same with Notre Dame one, Clemson two, three Miami, four North Carolina, five NC State, six Wake Forest, and seven Boston College. Then Pitt moved up to eight after that win over Virginia Tech. Nine is going to be Virginia, who moved up over Virginia Tech um, because, you know, Virginia didn't do anything wrong against Abilene Christian. Virginia Tech has really fallen, and they actually have a worse record overall. Even if you take out the Liberty game, I mean, it wouldn't be fair to take out the Liberty game and the Abilene Christian game because Virginia played Clemson and Virginia Tech didn't, so I think that kind of cancels out anyway. Um, I moved Louisville, or yeah, so Virginia Tech moves down to 10. I moved Louisville above Georgia Tech at um, 11 over Georgia Tech at 12 because of Louisville's win over Syracuse 30 to nothing, where somehow Georgia Tech lost that team significantly. Um, Florida State at 13, Duke at 14, 15, Syracuse. That's kind of, I mean, that kind of explains itself, but why don't you go through yours real quick? So my rankings, only there was only one change, and it was literally a flip-flop with uh, Pitt and Virginia Tech. So one is Notre Dame, two Clemson, three Miami, four North Carolina, five NC State, six Wake Forest, seven last week was Virginia Tech. Pitt is now moving into the seventh spot. Eight Virginia stays the same. Nine Boston College stays the same. Ten now is Virginia Tech. I, like I said, I flip-flopped them. Um, it's hard to do that considering Boston College beat Virginia Tech, but I think the Virginia Tech team we have right now might honestly lose to Boston College pretty, pretty darn close. So, you know, if Virginia Tech hasn't quit, then obviously that changes, but not ideal there. 11, Georgia Tech, 12, Louisville, 13, Duke, 14, Florida State, and 15, the Orange of Syracuse. So any other thoughts, Dan, or shall we just call it a wrap for this football podcast? We're going to meet here in a few to talk some basketball. Excited to talk about the sport we're actually good at. No, no pun intended. No jokes there. But, I mean, let's be honest. This has not been the best ACC football season there has been. No. But um, excited to talk some football next week. It's going to be weird normally this time of the year. It doesn't feel like it's about to be Thanksgiving, Dan. I don't know about you, but it feels weird that basketball starts this week and that, you know, we've got – what normally is rivalry week here in the ACC, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, North Carolina State, you know, Duke, Wake Forest, not a big rivalry, but still on the docket, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, and we have none of those matchups this week. Actually, no, Wakes and Duke, I don't know, Wake and Duke is not this week, it got pushed, they got canceled, so um, yeah, this is going to be a really weird week, it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving, it's a little bit warmer outside than it normally is this time of year, so all around is a weird, weird time. Everyone, please stay safe. Please wear a mask. Let's try to get through this sports season. Just, you know, do your part. Be safe. You know, try to stay inside as much as possible. Don't stop living your life. But we ask you just do it in the most safely manner possible. But that being said, it just means a little bit less here. And uh, go ACC. And, Dan, let's talk some basketball here soon.